no helicopters have been procured for me to go to golf course. Thank you. I mean, I'm saying he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a off. How'd you play out there today? Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about the swag I hope the When you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. What's going on, folks? Welcome back. Beltway Golfer, episode 30. Alex Dixon here. Another fun episode. This one is all about the United States Girls Junior Golf Championship, which is kicking off this morning, the date of of this podcast getting published, uh, Monday, July 12th, uh, in Chevy Chase, Maryland, at Columbia Country Club. It's going to be going on for five days through Saturday, um, 156 uh, young athletes, uh, which will be pared down to, to 64 after a couple days in, in match play, finishing on Saturday the 17th. Columbia Country Club, the, the historic club uh, right outside of D.C. on Connecticut Avenue um, in Chevy Chase, Maryland, uh, was kind enough to invite me out uh, to sit down with head pro Bob Dolan and two of the, the committee members within the club um, responsible for, for helping put on this event, Molly LeBlanc and Jesse McCullum. And the three of us sat down and they've got a, a, a little a gazebo sitting area uh, overlooking the, the 16th green at Columbia. And we talked about the what went into putting this event on, the preparation, um, getting the event in the first place from the USGA, uh, the history of Columbia Country Club, the challenges with uh, the pandemic and, and COVID and just kind of getting this all together and what to expect from the event. It, it is open to attendees. You don't need a ticket. Um, go to the USGA website for, I think they've got some parking information there, but, but the, the public is welcome to come out, walk the grounds at Columbia and, and see these um, great young girls that are just uh, some of the world's best at golf uh, compete for a national championship. Uh, at the time of the taping, qualifying had been done but we uh, we didn't have all the names of, of who was going to be competing uh but there's some big ones i think it's highlighted by uh the number one women's uh amateur in the world right now and uh rose zhang who is the defending u.s women's amateur champion uh which took place right up the right up the road in 2020 at woodmont country club in rockville maryland um, so she's, she's, I guess you'd say she's highlighting the event from, from, a, uh, from a household name stand, standpoint, if you're, if you're a golf head, uh, but some other big names, Alexa Pana, who's a, a, a well-decorated, um, uh, American junior golfer out of Florida, uh, Amari Avery, um, who's also extremely well-decorated, um, well-known from, uh, the documentary, The Short Game. Uh, where she was one of the stars and is, is likely going on to an, an LPGA career. Uh, but there's 156 t- uh, uh, players from all over the world. I think they, they said 13 different countries are represented. Ages range uh, from as young as 12 years old up to 18. Uh, anybody under the ages of uh, a- under the age of 19 uh, can qualify for this tournament. So I'm certainly excited to, to, to come out and, and, and check out the tournament at least one day. Um, as well as see it on, on TV on the, on the Golf Channel on Friday and Saturday. 
again, for this episode, I sat down with, with Bob Dolan, the pro here at Columbia Country Club, uh, as well as Molly LeBlanc, who's the uh, co-chair of putting on the event for the, for the club. And she talks a lot about uh, just the, the process of, uh, of putting this whole thing together. And, and Jesse McCollum, uh, who, who is also part of the committee within, within Columbia Country Club and um, was instrumental in, in putting this podcast together. So um, here it is, Beltway Golfer, episode 30 all about the U.S. Girls National Golf Championship at Columbia Country Club. All right, welcome everyone. We're, we're out here at uh, Columbia Country Club in Chevy Chase, Maryland, uh, joined by three folks, Molly LeBlanc, Bob Dolan, Jesse McCollum. Uh, why don't we start off with introduce yourselves and, and, and your roles or titles or however you want to introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Molly LeBlanc. I am the co-chair of the Girls Junior Tournament. Been sitting in this role for three years now. Excellent. Excited for the tournament to happen. Absolutely. I'm Bob Dolan, head golf professional at Columbia Country Club. And I'm Jesse McCollum. Uh, I've been a member at Columbia now for, for nine plus years, and I'm uh, uh, helping with the media and marketing for the tournament. So you just touched on the main reason I'm here and out here recording the podcast is... Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday the 6th, mm-hmm. and the big tournament, big event next week is the U.S. Girls Junior Championship, which starts, what day does it actually officially kick off? Monday the 12th. Monday the 12th, and it'll last through that week, so five or six days five of play. Day. Mm-hmm. The, the U.S. Girls Junior Championship has been going on for quite a number of years, correct? Yeah, we're hosting the 72nd. 72nd. Mm-hmm. And I, I did a little research on it. There's some, some big names that won in the past. Lexi Thompson, Amy Anderson, Inby Park, I saw, I saw one. So excited for the, the list of athletes to come and, 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 and test Columbia Country Club. Um, so, Bob, question for you. The, the, maybe you could fill us in a little bit. You know, Columbia Country Club has been around for a long time, one of the story clubs in, in the DMV, in the D.C. area. Um, Maybe walk us through a little bit of history on the club. Well, certainly the club was founded in 1898, and uh, we've been here at this location since 1910, and uh, we look forward to this will be our third USGA event, and um, really how we how we got to hosting the U.S. Junior Girls was we wanted a celebration for our 100-year anniversary of hosting the United States Open, which happened in 1921. So we contacted the USGA, and they were delighted to hear from us. And uh, fortunately for us, the U.S. Junior Girls Championship was still available, and uh, we jumped at the opportunity to host it and uh, to keep the great history of Columbia and the USGA alive and well. That's fantastic. So a 100-year anniversary of hosting the U.S. Open. 1921. Uh, who won that, that U.S. Open in 1921? Jim Barnes. Jim Barnes. And so you mentioned this is the, the third tournament to host. The second, so we had 1921 U.S. Open. This is the third. What was, what was the second tournament hosted here at Columbia Country Club? In 2003, we actually hosted the United States Junior Boys Championship. And that was won by one Some, by Brian, someone that's pretty well known. Yeah, Brian Harmon, who's really doing great things on a PGA Tour. So, you know, having the opportunity uh, this year, just like in 2003, to watch the future stars of golf, yeah. uh, was really quite amazing for the club because you just never know where these kids are going to go next 
and uh, to watch them succeed on the PGA Tour. Seven players that played in the United States Junior Boys went on to play the PGA Tour, and Brian Harmon uh, and Webb Simpson really highlight that list. Excellent. Yeah, we're, we're, it's, I don't know if it's uh, coming up in the picture if anyone's watching this, but I, I took a couple photos. We've got um, a framed picture with, is this the entire field autographed the uh, 2003 uh, tournament? Um, Webb Simpson, Brian Harmon, you, you, there was a couple other you, others on the tour that you had named earlier, right? Yeah, there was quite a few. Patrick Bazaar, he's doing great things on the tour. And, uh, and Kyle then, Stanley. Kyle Stanley, PGA Tour winner, yeah. sure. Who came to town a couple years ago. I know you do a lot of work uh, and talk to the first tee. He came to town a couple years ago, and the first thing he asked me when I, I said I was a member of Columbia was, that 17th hole, when you go uh, that uphill, that short par four, I mean, he remembered it like it was yesterday. It was really? crazy to me that he could remember that. 12 years earlier, but anyway. That's exciting. So it, the the um, the anniversary, that that, uh, that that prompted reaching out to USGA. What was there? I'm kind of curious. Like, what what is, what's that process look like? like? Did they jump at the opportunity? Is there is there a long kind of application or vetting process to, to, to become the host of, of a USGA tournament? Well, I think the uh, opportunity really presented itself. Uh, we presented it to them. And keep in mind uh, certain things that we take for granted here is this is the nation's capital. So it's a wonderful draw for the participants. 156 girls will come here. They'll bring their families. And, uh, you know, the, what a great destination to have a golf tournament. And I think really due in large part to the success that the membership we presented in 2003 a wonderful championship, and, and uh, our committees were well organized, and uh, we, we're continuing uh, that success moving into this tournament. So I think they were delighted to hear back from us, and uh, we were delighted to work with them. Um, what is so once you get awarded the tournament? And maybe this is a question for you, Molly. But um, you know, what is you know when, when does preparation start? Like when does you know, these are these are big events. If, if I'm correct, Golf Channel is going to be out here filming. Mm -hmm. You know, this is seven days. The the course is essentially imagine shut down to membership. You know, it's, it's the tournament. Yeah. When did when talk about the preparation a little bit? Uh, well, I was asked to be the co-chair. Uh, Chris Lamond is my my partner in crime for this tournament, um, and he asked me to join him, and because he felt pretty strongly about having a female be part of this tournament, and uh, happily accepted and. We started three years ago and we sort of handpicked a host committee because um, we had to have somebody in charge of every little facet and there's 15 different committee chairs um, and they all have co-chairs so there's about 30 people that we work with and you know it's just putting in the time recruiting the volunteers and stuff we have over 300 volunteers um, mostly membership but there's some out from outside the membership um, that are supporting the tournament and then we also you got to in raise what ways i'm just curious like what, like what are some things the volunteers need to do marshals and four caddies uh driving range you know being out there security you know gotta make sure that nobody goes in the girls lounge player lounge um filling water bottles you know filling up on the tea boxes so got it mm -hmm. um I, so I, I touched on it for a second so golf channel is coming out yeah. to do do you know do, do we know the, the schedule or like what days they're going to be? Yeah, so four hours Friday, so they'll cover the semifinal matches, and then Saturday they'll start um, live film 
in the afternoon, so the second round of the final match. It's a 36-hole final. Does that require any special preparation, having television cameras? Are they doing, you know, I'm I'm used to watching, you know, the PGA and LPGA, yeah. you know, on, on, yeah. on Saturdays and Sundays or, or weekends, and they usually get the tower and everything. I, I mean, do you know the extent of, of what we do? Up? Yeah, out, um, out in our maintenance area, there's a big parking pad, and they'll have all their big trucks parked out there. They'll have um, a fleet of golf carts that will be filming and following the girls throughout the week, taking pre-footage. We'll have a tower set up here between the gazebo and the flagpole um, to watch them come in. Basically, they'll be able to see them hit their putts on 15, tee off on 16, I'm, yeah, tee off on 16 and finish on 16 green, and then also hit their tee shot on 17. So it'll be nice. There'll be lots of there'll be lots of really pretty pictures and good coverage from up in the tower. And we don't know who's covering the we don't know who's going to be sitting in the tower yet. That's that's the to be determined. We we they haven't shared that one with us yet. Um, when do so if uh, the actual tournament play itself starts next Monday? Do the girls do they get an opportunity to come in other practice rounds? They come in. Have you started to see uh, any of the competitors come in? Yeah, well, they start registration. The registration is uh, Friday, starting at noon. Practice rounds are Saturday and Sunday, and then uh, then the bell rings and uh, qualifying starts. And we pare the field down to 64, and match matches start soon thereafter. Right. So the, the the you told me as we were walking in, what the, the the whole field? What is the field number? 156. 156. So then the, that first kind of cut line or, or when they, they pare down is, is how many you said? They cut down to 64. And then it goes into match play. Then it goes yeah. into match play. Mm -hmm. But um, we've seen a lot of the girls coming out getting practice rounds yeah. leading up. I mean, I know Bob's seen quite a few of the girls come through. And and we had a, actually, and we have three uh, girls who qualified here uh, two Mondays ago uh, that will also be in the field. So, uh, oh, you hosted a qualifying We did on the 21st. No, yep. 14, yeah, the 21st right. we hosted a qualifier, and I uh, have yeah, three girls, uh, I think 30, I think we had 35, 36 come out to play uh, for three slots, and uh, it, was a, it was a great day. So Columbia Country Club, as I looked it up, uh, was originally designed by, by uh, Herbert Barker, That's but then very soon after was redesigned, uh, as I understand, pretty significantly by Walter Travis. Does membership, do they refer to this as kind of a Walter Travis golf course? Yeah, Walter Travis gets most of the credit. Yeah, okay. We've made some design changes uh, through the years, uh, little tweaks here and there, um, just really to to uh, moving some bunkers so that we can we can uh, put them in the landing areas that exist today, as opposed to years ago. But uh, you know, I think that Walter, out of all the people that have had a hand in this golf course, is uh, you know he's the headliner. That'll, that'll interest, uh, you know, I know a lot of the the, the, the usual listeners to this podcast, uh, you know, I've, I've done you know, some interviews with the folks at National Links Trust in East Potomac, and East Potomac's a well-known Walter Travis uh, design, so there's, there's, some, there's some relevance and, and linkage there. When you are hosting uh, a tournament of this size, um, and I don't know, for, for, I don't know if, if, if the fact that they're juniors impacts it at all, the fact that they're females impacts it at all, I don't, I don't know, but is, is there much specific preparation to the course itself? Are you are you changing anything to tee boxes any, or I don't know, anything like that? So 
we pull. We have, first of all, we have, we have a, a very active golf program at this golf course. I mean, we are. This is a, a golfer's club, uh, and and mostly a walking club. Uh, that said, we have we did pull carts off the club uh, off the course about two weeks ago. Uh, we have members are happily hitting off mats into some areas where uh, off mats to uh, uh, protect some of the landing areas where we feel like the the girls may may be hitting into and and. You know, what the USGA asked from us was to give them a blank canvas when we shut the golf course down, I think on Thursday, and they'll arrange the whole positions and the, uh, and the tee boxes and things like that. But I think as opposed to, you know, what you hear about sometimes courses need to do a lot of work and physical construction and things like that, I, I, I think that most days these girls could show up and play a tournament here most people could show up and play a tournament here any day of the week because sure. yeah. um, we are we did add a we did add one tee box though on number mm-hmm. six okay yeah we did we did add a moved new tee box and moved yeah. it yeah from from yeah. uh from a strategy perspective or was there a distance issue or uh i think that more just moving it a little centered so it's better visually okay. uh where the where the tee box was was far over on the left hand side of the Fairway, so I think just visually, and I think moving forward, I think the membership is really going to enjoy that tee box as well. Oh, so that's that's a that's a permanent. It is a permanent fixture now. Yeah. Yeah. What about the membership? You know, I'm 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 not a member of a, of a private club myself, but I've I've heard from you know anecdotally other clubs hosting big tournaments that you know when a course is shut down for a week for an for an event, you know I, I, I'm sure. The vast majority of the membership is excited and, and can be more, but um, is how, how has I guess my question is how has the membership supported an event like this? Well, I can say um, I think everybody is just excited for it. I don't think that anybody is sad to have the. I mean, sure, we all are going to miss our course for a week, but we're hosting a national televised event. Um, everybody's really proud of Columbia. The membership has stepped up from a financial position because when you host a, an event like this. Not only does it cost the USGA a lot of money, but it also costs the hosting club. And um, our membership has donated just over three hundred thousand um, dollars in various ways through, you know, a twenty-one society that we created on, you know, the anniversary of the nineteen twenty-one U.S. Open, a hundred years. So we have this, you know, special society that people could support the tournament with. We've had a fundraising dinner. We've had various. Um, levels of sponsorship opportunities for advertising and whatnot. And the membership has just come to come to serve and to help us. So we're really fortunate. That's great to hear this. Well, it has, when was a lot, I mean, in 2003, was, was there television coverage? Yes, there was. There was. So it was, I imagine, is this the first time Columbia Country Club will be on national television since then? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Is there any added... I don't know, pressure that, that you, you know that the, the spotlight's going to be on, the TV cam- the bright lights of the TV cameras to make sure that, you know, we, we, we hear the, the sprinklers and going, going off right now. Are they, is there, you know, any extra pressure? Yeah, well, I think <laughs> that, uh, you know, Jesse said it, said it well before. Uh, this is a championship golf course out there. And uh, we take great pride in presenting it that way um, on a daily basis. And our crew has been busy to to uh, to prepare it for this championship. So you know, I think it's an opportunity uh, for them to showcase their great skill set, and that's what's really the most impressive thing. Uh, they take a sense of pride because uh, they know it's going to be on TV, and they want to make sure that uh, that the star shines bright. 
did I read recently that um, Columbia just got a new head superintendent? We did, yes. From is it from Congressional? Congressional Country Club, Matt Sumpner. Excellent. Um, when did he start? He started about two weeks ago. Oh, wow! So he kind of comes right into a, to a big event. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I think I think also one of the great parts about the membership. Membership understands, and I think as a, uh, as a host committee we understand, that the future of this game is female. We need to, and, and we want to shine a light on these players and shine a light on girls golf, and, it, and it's important. And, and I think that, that if you listen to any of the LPGA stars now, when somebody asks how can we best support women's golf, most of the time they say, watch us on TV and you know support the programs and this is a great way for our club to not only showcase the best junior girls golfers but to also make a good investment and in what we see as being the future of the game yeah i imagine you must have a lot of junior golfers that not necessarily ones or that any of them are playing in the tournament or even try to qualify but that are just family members of membership and, and yeah. get out here and play quite a bit so yeah. Yeah. very active junior program here yes yeah. yes so that, that certainly sets a great example, just kind of showing that this is a priority. Is there any, I guess I'm curious, does does Columbia have, uh, not getting ahead of ourselves here, maybe I'll put this at the end, but uh, aspirations to host future tournaments? Well, I think that... Uh... Molly's retiring after this. I don't know, <laughs> only Molly will do it again. She... <laughs> I'll be a volunteer. <laughs> oh, wait, I am. <laughs> You, I guess I asked the question, you hear about some uh, clubs, not even necessarily locally, but, you know, um, a, maybe a junior tournament is sometimes a stepping stone to host bigger and larger and with, with an eventual goal of hosting majors, whether they be male or female. But is, is that uh, those kind of aspirations here or not the case at all? Yeah, I think that the, the girls' junior is a good fit just like the boys junior was a good fit. I think that uh, there's some limitations, uh, space limitations out there, both for, you know, the bigger events require a lot more activity around the clubhouse and fans and things of that nature. So I don't, I don't think that uh, we're in our sweet spot right now. Um, and sure. I think uh, to Jesse's point, I think that uh, something that's uh, maybe senior oriented or, or women's golf uh, oriented I think is probably the best fit for our course uh, just based on on our on our yardage and and, and um, what we can really handle what is that uh, you, you mentioned USGA will be setting up the tees and the, and, the, and the pin locations but ballpark you know what what, what, do you, what will the yardage be of the course that the girls will be playing my understanding is they're going to be between 6 and 6100 yeah um, the course generally, as I understand it, and full disclosure, I've played this course once and it was in high school, so it's been a while. Um, but that Columbia is not the longest course in the world. Even for members, what, like from the tips, what is it, what is it measure at? 6,800 yards. Pretty stout. Pretty stout. You know, the difficulty with Columbia is that defense is in the greens. Greens have a lot of slope, and they're normally played in, uh, with stint meter readings in 12 and a half to 13 and a half for the member play. Mm -hmm. And I think that that creates, uh, you know, a list of challenges uh, for the for the average golfer. And then I think uh, the other thing that that's deceiving yardage-wise is you're always driving into hills and 
and and uh, right. your lies are never flat. Never flat. <laughs> right, so. Yeah, you so can see I think just that, looking over our shoulder, not a lot of flat areas on this course. Yeah. Right. Columbia definitely makes you a better golfer, I believe. Yeah. I think it. And as we were chatting earlier, you, uh, either Jesse or Bob, mentioned that in, in recent years, a lot of work was done to the course to improve drainage and that, and that sort of thing. Can talk about that for a minute? Yeah, we we've, we've, uh, did a, a very large project this past winter. Uh, around drainage, uh, you know, just over 110 years, amazing, just natural erosional land. Um, and so we've done that, and we are going to be doing some major improvements to the golf course moving forward. Uh, but we've also uh, done a done a strategic, uh, uh, some strategic work around bunkering um, uh, to improve and, and to upgrade the bunkers. And uh, we had a, uh, a very large um, government-sponsored construction project that uh, cut through a couple of holes that we needed to uh, 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 do some work on the second and 14th holes. Um, but those have been a couple, three seasons ago, and they're growing in nicely and everything. Uh, I, I think there is, I think, frankly, there are better holes uh, uh, in some in some regard uh, uh, than they were beforehand. So, sure. um, again, I think it's going to be a, uh, I think it'll be a, a, a great challenge all the way around. Has that had, we talked about it for a moment, and it's easy, easy to Google what that government project that you're referring to, a, cer a certain metro line that uh, is still far from built. Um, but has that... Um, you, you mentioned that you view two and fourteen as almost better holes. Well, how did that? Like, did you have to cut off to, to take a significant amount of acreage from the course, or not too much? It, it, it wasn't really acreage. It was really it was really just the fact that it was a wider. Uh, uh, they needed a, a, a wider piece of land, um, and so on fourteen we pushed the green back about fifteen yards, uh, but uh, made it uh, you know kind of up the challenge a little bit by uh, increasing the dog leg and also changing some bunkering. Um, and then, and also, used to be you ran up the 14th hole. You could run something up, kind of from as wide as the green was. Um, and now we've choked that off. Uh, uh, the, the, I shouldn't say we. I, I was not out here with the backhoe, so <laughs> form the green. But um, you know, the the, uh, the 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 architect did that. And then on two, we moved it. It's a little bit more of a the the hole goes a little more left to right now than it used to. And and, and we cleared out some trees um, and and really made it a longer hole. Um, we, we put a new tee box in, um, and and I think we'll uh, to to add some distance to the to the hole as well. So it's been all in all been great. Are there any certain holes for, for viewers that um, you know are watching on Golf Channel? Are, are there any holes that you think will give the, the girls particular trouble or ones to keep an eye out for? Well, it's the high handicap in this group. Let me just say that all uh, every hole will have potential trouble, but I'll let the uh, scratch golfers in the uh, in the group talk a little bit more about that. Well, it's funny you asked that question because we were talking about it last night at dinner. I uh, was with a, our reps from the USGA last night, and... They're going to use all three tee boxes on number four um, on different days. Okay. And that, I think, will be really interesting because it'll be anywhere. Tell us about number four. What is number four? Number four is a par three. Okay. And they said that it's going to play between 150 and 190, depending on what tee box they use. So the stroke play days, I think they're going to keep it a little shorter to keep the pace of play up. But they're definitely, as the week goes on, gonna use the further back tee boxes and really you know push these girls to to perform um as they should and, and i would just say on the fourth hole too i mean it, it, it's funny sometimes i mean you know members just out in normal matches 
will go all the way back to the tips on four. It, it's two forty on the on the on the card, but it plays more like two sixty. And we'll play it as a short par four, and then play another hole as a par three, and because it's all match play and things like that. I mean, that hole's that hole's tough. That hole's Fourth really hole is a tough, very yeah. difficult hole. Always well, plays into the wind too. Which hole is it? Am I getting it right? Is it sixteen a par three? That that legend has it is it was, right behind was, us. The model for for Golden Bell and, and at Augusta. Yes. Is that, is that an accurate uh, anecdote? Well, that's our story. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sticking to it. We are. We are. Um, well, excellent. Um, what about uh, for for you know most of the listeners? Uh, typically, are this being Beltway Golfer podcast are local golfers. Um, is attendance allowed? Can can folks that are not connected to membership are they are they allowed to come or, or is it strictly TV? No. Well, with COVID, this has all been a process. If you would have asked me that question three months ago, I would have said, nope, nobody's coming. But with Montgomery County uh, lifting their restrictions, we can say, yes, please come out. Please come watch the tournament. Um, yeah. And any any day, Monday through Sunday, is open? Monday through Saturday. Everybody's Monday gone Saturday. Sunday. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Monday through Saturday. Don't come Sunday. And, uh, and, and they can go to the USJ website, Junior Girls website, for and, and to track down information on parking and how to get here, logistics, everything like that. Yeah. Got it. Um, Molly, you, you mentioned or you touched on COVID a bit. Has has the pandemic and, and, and COVID and how, is, how, how has that impacted the preparation for the tournament and, and how do you think it will impact the tournament as it happens? Where do we begin? <laughs> well, you know, I think the, 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 the credit really uh, goes to all the committee chairs um, because in normal circumstances, uh, we would have gone to Colorado last year and we would have done observation. We would have been part of a future sites team that, that travels to, if not two before, one before, you host. And, you know, our members didn't have that opportunity because of COVID. We didn't touch on that. So last year's tournament was canceled because of COVID. Yes. That's correct. And, and I also didn't ask, how long ago were you actually awarded the tournament? Well, three years ago. Three years. Yeah, three so, years so, ago. So we were. point. There was a lot of preparation, that opportunity that was missed. We were supposed to be hosting the 73rd annual, and this is backtracked to the 72nd. So So a couple of things that go into it. Last year, they had the United States Amateur at Woodmont, Women's Amateur at Woodmont. Uh, the, the, the champion will be playing in this field. But what a great opportunity for our membership to go down to Rockville, Maryland, nearby, uh, we have a great relationship with my country club. Uh, I think both committees were really looking forward to, to exchanging notes and, 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 uh, and uh, creating strategies. But, you know, boom, here's COVID. So, you know, we're doing a lot of these things on Zoom. And, and, and uh, instead of going to the site and visiting, not being able to go to the junior uh, in Colorado last year, you know, I think that that put, put our members... Uh, at a disadvantage, but to watch the way that they've overcome and how they've they've rallied, uh, and all our committee chairs uh, have have just done such a tremendous job. Um, because keep in mind, it's a whole and fresh group. I mean, there's not too many people around that were involved in 2003. And to, to uh, Jesse's point earlier, you know, this is a golfer's club. 
So I think that that really shines out because our members uh, have participated in a lot of golf events through the years. And they know the things that they're looking for when they come to a facility. And to watch all that come to fruition for me has really been quite exciting and it makes you very proud of the group that, that we've put together and, and, uh, and really looking forward to it because they overcame all those challenges that COVID presented. Is there much, I didn't ask this, but you know, you've got a, a, a beautiful and, and uh, you know, historic clubhouse here. Aside from locker rooms, is, is, are there many events that involve the tournament and the girls inside the like how is the clubhouse impacted well so we actually part of the covid decisions was the usga opted not to host the welcome party for the girls so and that was decided over a year ago i mean right at the beginning of covid they were just like we're not doing that so you know there's other opportunities in the registration we're trying to do some things to make it feel like they're in the nation's capital we'll have step and repeats up so the girls can take their selfies and their pictures with their girlfriends and post it on instagram and do their you know do their social media stuff um down in the locker room we have a nation's capital themed like lounge for them so that again they can you know have their own space and and do their things um Upstairs, the clubhouse will be closed to the membership. That'll be where we feed all the volunteers, the players, etc. Um, and then downstairs... That's a massive undertaking in itself, I imagine, you know, with, with yeah. 300 or so, or however many volunteers. That's part of the close. fundraising dollars. <laughs> um, but downstairs, the membership will still be allowed to use the facilities, the pool. Our dining next to the pool will still be open to them. Uh, our grill room will be the lounge for the 21 society that i had referred to earlier um, and then we'll also have some temporary dining in the columbia room for some of the players and volunteers so jesse almost at the beginning of this conversation you you brought up the first tee and first tee is actually how we got introduced um can, can any of you talk a little bit about um columbia country club's uh, relationship with the first tee and, and, the, and what you do with them well, the club's been involved uh, since the beginning with the first tee, and uh, we've had several members, uh, Jesse included, that have served on the board of the first, or serving on the board of directors of the first tee, and through the years, uh, we've been very, very engaged. Mm -hmm. um, this year, we really stepped it up a notch, and we offered uh, two honorary guest, honorary guest privileges to two first tee children. Dominique and Miles uh, were awarded the uh, the privileges, and um, you know we had six six candidates, and and they uh, they were fortunate enough to to uh, win out, and um, they're out here today actually playing golf and taking advantage of this golf course as we prepare for the junior, and uh, we're really excited to have both of them on board at Columbia, and we hope that uh, it's something that that other clubs take note and and. Uh, we can see, watch the program expand. So do you host uh, first tee programs, teaching programs um, for members, you know, children of the membership or, or outside of that? Do you, do you any of that yet? Uh, we haven't done that. A lot of our professional staff has volunteered to, as instructors in the past. Uh, most of that activity is downtown. Um, but we felt like this was the best way for us to impact 
two golfers specifically um, where they can have access to using our golf course and and again you know uh, what are are really clinics are great but clinics set the hook and then the kids really want to pursue the game and where do they play and we felt like we could really target that problem and and uh, and we created this program specifically to identify two kids that could really take full advantage of, of having access to such a great place. That's excellent. And maybe touching this, I apologize if, I, if I'm repeating, but was that a, what was was that merit based? Was that something they won? How, how were those two chosen? They applied. They, yeah, they made a, uh, They applied, yeah, and okay. we, we went through you know just a, a you know. I'd like to say it's a rigorous process, but no, I mean, no. We, we went through a very good process with, in conjunction with the Columbia Foundation and the First Tee and, and awarded these scholarships. And the, and, the, and the membership has really enjoyed meeting and interacting with these kids uh, already, uh, and, and they're just great. I, I mean, I, I've been on the range with both of them and, and, and gotten to spend time with both of them already so far. I've not gotten a chance to play. Uh, yet, but uh, but um, I mean, you know, it was great on on Friday. I saw about about six o'clock. Uh, you know, over here at the chairs, there was probably seventy five or hundred people, and Dominique came walking up with a couple other playing partners, and and it was great. And she, you know, got introduced to it. It was just great. It was a, it's a really great scene. More clubs, and I, I you know need to pick up this challenge and this mantle to do this because it's a it's a great program for these kids and, and for us. And now that. Um you know, attendees and, and, and patrons are, are welcome for the event. I, w- I would imagine, I would think, we'll have to talk to Clint Sanchez, the executive director of Greater, Greater, Greater Washington, D.C., that he'll probably r- bring some uh, folks from the program by to, to, to see the, the best, uh, you know, young girls in, in, the, in the country play the game. I think we have some volunteering, actually. Oh, you do? Oh, cool. mm-hmm. I believe we do. Well, you know, they're going to actually, uh, we're so proud of the program, and we're really, really proud of both Miles and Dominique that they're going to be part of the opening ceremonies. And uh, when we kick off the tournament, they're going to be helping us kick it off. Mm-hmm. And, and hit the first tee shots. They're going to hit the first tee shots along with our honorary star, Lono Martinez. And it uh, mm-hmm. should be a great day. And we have several, several uh, participants from the Yellow Ribbon Fund that will be representing mm-hmm. as well. Exactly. Do you know when those first tee shots, do they have a first tee time for next Monday yet? 7 a.m. is the first tee time, so okay. opening ceremonies will be at 645. Excellent. Uh, It'll be recorded, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell, tell us again one more time, the, the TV coverage is, you, you said? Friday and Friday Saturday. And Saturday. Friday and Saturday. Which is the 16th and yeah. 17th. Yeah. 16th and 17th, yep. Friday and Saturday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Check your local listings. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Right. Love to say that. Well, thanks again. This has this has been terrific. Can't wait for the event, and, and I'm sure uh, uh, the, the, the golfing community uh, around DC and and the, and the nation are expe- uh, excited to see Columbia Country Club the spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. Us too. Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your Appreciate support. It. I don't have a good golf game, but I don't really care. I'm a I'm a regular dude living in DC. And I want to know about DC-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I don't want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about DC golf. 